0: Did Kyrie really just request a trade from the Cavaliers? Where should he go? Who should the Cavs get in return? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast slash emergency periscope. I'm joined by Dave Dufour we need a, an emergency sound effect to throw in here but uh, why are we here Dave Tell me why am I here and why am I is my tab not
1: muted? <laughs> uh, you forget every time. Uh, so Kyrie is asked for a trade apparently and his agent is not denying it Brian Winhorse uh, uh, first with the report confirmed by David Aldrich and multiple other sources. Uh, yeah woo. Apparently, he wants to go be the top dog somewhere else, but one of the teams on his list is the San Antonio Spurs. So, I'm not sure if – does Kyrie not watch basketball? I'm not sure.
0: I have a hard time picturing that. I mean, I already had a hard time picturing CP3 in the Spurs. Um, Now, Kyrie, though, if you want to get down to it, playing the Tony Parker role – remember, Tony Parker never averaged a ton of assists – now, part of that could very well be the actual Spurs offense. I'm kind of convinced that there's something about that position that simply doesn't yield a lot of assists. We saw it in Atlanta with Teague running the same system, um, and we see it in the Spurs. So, so either way, you know, Pope Parker was a shoot-first point guard. I mean, there are some similarities there, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he could work in that role. That, and especially since Pop has has kind of kind of gone a little bit more ISO heavy in recent seasons to to kind of. Take advantage of the inefficiencies, I know, but it's the truth. And so the inefficiencies in, in NBA defense right now, it's all about ISO and mid-range. That's where you can really find those open shots. And, I mean, Kyrie, is he's good at it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, are you willing to give up DeJounte Murray for him? I, I don't know. I think oh. I'd rather –
0: well, I'm sorry. Let, let's talk about that because, well, you yeah. know what? I almost feel like we should walk this back and discuss like the the, the origin of this and how it all came out with Windhorst reporting this uh, and what that means. What does that mean about Cleveland, a team that's been to three straight finals, won one of them, it's, It has a, a shot at winning the Eastern Conference for the next three years, easy. And here's a guy who's a starter on a team, averages all-time greatest numbers he's had his whole career last year, and he wants out. And he had a weird comment before about, you know, a peculiar situation of a week before, which must have been all related. What kind of insanity must exist in Cleveland that would bring about <clears throat> this this?
1: Um, you know, there is a thing where he says that he wants to be the top dog. At least that's the report. Um, I can't imagine playing with a guy like LeBron James and not enjoying it. And there's this weird, like, Kobe thing with Kyrie, which, you know— I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense in the modern NBA to be that kind of guy. Those guys just aren't successful. The solo guys, Um, you know, we haven't really seen fully formed Kyrie as the best player on his own team. But what's like the peak of that team? I mean, how much how many games are they going to win? 40? Are they going to make the playoffs? If Kyrie Irving is your best player, can you make the playoffs with him? You're definitely not winning a finals. And LeBron James has been the ultimate teammate for his entire career. He always makes the right pass, always makes the right play, brings out the best in his teammates. And so, like I said to you before, it says more about Kyrie that he wants out than it does about playing with LeBron. I mean, LeBron's got this long track record of success and teammates that are willing to take less money to play and stay with him. And I don't know, it's a bad look for Kyrie. It's sort of like LaMarcus Aldridge wanting out of San Antonio. It says more about the player than it does about the situation
0: right well it's also fascinating because um maybe it's not about on the court necessarily right now because again lebron we've always marveled at his ability to make the right play and pass but um he controls everything the whole situation in cleveland revolves around him and i would argue that he probably coaches a lot more now uh than maybe people think as far as wh- how much he's controlling with Tyron Lue. So it's possible that, that could be part of what's kind of driving Kyrie away, you know, in a way. Although, again, we have him on the record as saying that he wants to, uh, to be the man. And you're right. We can't argue. We've seen him be the man well, on a team that was really bad and it didn't really work. And we've also seen him be the man when LeBron's on the bench. And it has not been good. It has not been a good look. Certainly in the finals, it wasn't good, and they definitely struggled a lot. Now, I would argue though that when you have an eighty-two game season that's bent, that's that's focused on LeBron James being the man, it's hard for those five minutes a game when he's out uh, to suddenly yeah. like be able to shift radically and be successful with that. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one hundred percent true. I mean, it, look at look at guys coming off the bench, and and how well they perform versus guys that play 30, 35 minutes. I mean the. There is a there is something to do touching the ball and and being consistent. Um, I was actually just watching some film about uh, Kyle Corver in the in the finals and how he was bad. Well, he wasn't getting a lot of touches, right. and so when you're when you're kind of playing off the ball, actually it was narrated by Kobe Bryant. So there you go. I just watched
0: uh, that today too. That's there that you just go. Come out.
1: Yeah, it was just all over Twitter earlier, and yeah. so and he made some great points about these guys that spot up around the primary ball handler like that, and then when they catch, they've got to be ready to shoot, and that's it. And so it's tough to kind of get your rhythm that way, and I, I think it's tough to play. It can be tough to play that way, right? And but, it's almost
0: like Kobe was, was listening to some coach on some, you know, video uh, two or three years ago. He
1: didn't. He didn't bring up the defense though.
0: He, no, but I'm telling you, I've been saying that since the uh, the Miami Heat finals when like guys like Shane Battier went into deep slumps. Because they were not getting touches, and the ball slowed down so much, and it was just—it's a control thing, and I get it. When you want to be that great of a player, you want to feel like you have some sort of control. And LeBron just simply trumps everybody else. Ooh, there's a word. Um, as far as having control over the team, and uh, it, it could grate on somebody. Because here's the thing. Like, this is, this is as well as uh, – this is the best numbers that like, Kyrie's going to ever put up. All right? He's not going to do better than 25 and a half or whatever he did in seven and shooting 40% from
1: three, right? I can't imagine. I mean, you know, your, your job is just going to get tougher if you're not playing with LeBron James. That's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, to me, I, I wonder behind the scenes if this is more about Kyrie not wanting to be stuck with this team when it's bad. Like, if LeBron leaves next summer – this is not a good roster. This roster is only good because of LeBron James. I mean, it's built completely around LeBron and all of his strengths. Kyrie is a perfect number two to LeBron in that sort of system. But it doesn't work without LeBron. I mean, Kyrie is not going to have the success. They, they probably, I don't know, are they maybe like an eighth seed, seventh seed if no LeBron?
0: So, okay, so because here's the, I wanna, the argument that would be, uh, okay, if you take Steph off of the Warriors – they're still a title contender. Is that the idea here is that, or you take KD off the Warriors and they're a title contender, but you take LeBron off, right? That's that's sort of the idea just to give you some comparison?
1: Right. LeBron is the most single valuable player to his team in the entire league. And it, part of that is roster, it's roster construction, style of play, and being LeBron freaking James, right? Like he is the most valuable guy in the league to his team. Um, this, You know, we're going to take the one season thing aside. We're going to look at what the way that team is built completely around him and his strengths and how good he is exactly someone in the chat just said lebron is the system and that is 100% accurate on that team but if kyrie thinks lebron is leaving next summer which you know the speculation is obviously out there would, would you want to be stuck in cleveland for the next 3 years cuz that's how much time is left on on kyrie's contract so that's 2 years post lebron would you want to be stuck with that roster, no, I don't think so. And so, it's either it's either I, I would say it's a little bit of both. If, if that's the case, if if Kyrie feels like LeBron's going to leave, I bet that's weighing on this. But the stuff where LeBron, where he's saying that he wants to kind of be the guy instead of LeBron, like LeBron's comments, you know, not publicly, but apparently he's disappointed and blindsided by it. Again, LeBron James is the ultimate team player and like you can fault him for a lot of stuff but you can't fault him for the way he is with his teammates the way he moves the basketball the way he always makes the right play so you you can't you can't fault him for those things and it's just weird for a guy to not want to play with him. I, I I really like I was caught off guard by this. Like it's not something I ever would have expected, uh, you know, to hear this today.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, when I saw the peculiar situation quote or whatever that was last a few days ago, that did I did have a raise an eyebrow without question. I'm I'm always kinda of raising an eyebrow about LeBron and in that context because he does it just like I said, it, it's a, it's a different weird connotation for coaches. For sure, for a coach, it's a it's a a different ball game. You're not like coaching like you would normally coach a team when you have LeBron on your team, and then I suppose it does leaks out to the players as well. But it is weird because obviously the winning aspect of this and, and the ability to do stuff is uh, is is really important. Now, what's interesting here is that. We saw James Harden go through one of the single greatest offensive outputs of all time and go to Daryl Morey and say, I can't, I don't want to do that again. Like, that's just too much work, right? Like, so he wants out of the situation. Well, Kyrie is now in a situation where this is as great as it's going to get for him in terms of winning, in terms of stats, I would imagine. And he wants out. Um, It's kind of fascinating because it also means he's going to sacrifice his supermax deal. And we keep seeing players willing to do this now,
1: right? Isn't that a little bit interesting to you? Well, you know, we've seen a little bit of both, right? We've seen teams not want to pay that supermax, and we've seen players want to get out. Although I I don't think Kyrie is, I don't think he's going to be eligible. I mean, he's not going to make any all NBA teams. I don't think,
0: uh, is is that, is that what it ends up being? That's the last thing. Yeah. He has to make all all stars.
1: Yeah. He has to make two, uh, all NBA teams out of the last of the previous three years leading up to the contract extension. So yeah, I don't think he's going to be eligible for that, but but that aside, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Like, I, I mean, the the teams that he's thrown out there uh, were the the Knicks, which is strange. Uh, but he could definitely go there and be the guy. Uh, okay. The Spurs, also strange, because you know if you want to be the guy, you're going to go play next to you know instead of the best player in the league, you're going to go play next to the like third or fourth best player in the league in uh, Kawhi Leonard, and you're not going to be the guy on the Spurs because that's just not how they work. And uh, let's see, Minnesota, where he also wouldn't be the guy he you know, he'd be second banana to Jimmy Butler, uh, maybe third if, if you put Carl Anthony Towns ahead of him. Uh, and what was the other one? There was one. more. Oh, Phoenix. Miami. No, Miami. No. Now, Phoenix makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter actually have thrown that out there because you've got the uh, the Eric Bledsoe uh, LeBron James relationship with Clutch Sports not to mention that, you know, you basically get to swap position for position. If you've got Bledsoe for Kyrie, you'll obviously you'll have some other pieces moving there as well. Um, I was on the trade machine immediately trying to figure out how do we get Carmelo and Bledsoe to uh, to Cleveland. And it gets messy. You, you probably have to add a fourth team and there's all kinds of stuff. So um, but I think that the Phoenix stuff makes a lot of sense. But, you know, if you're the Cavs, you have all the leverage over Kyrie, but now Kyrie has kind of ruined some of your trade leverage a little bit by saying he wants out. So, I don't I mean, you you still have him under contract for 3 years. The guy's going to show up, he's going to play. So, you could just, you know, do what the Lakers did with Kobe and not trade him and just hope that, you know, things work out. Yeah. That's not the, not the worst option. This doesn't mean he's going to get traded. This is just the beginning of the negotiations.
0: Yes, but then again, we're also in this weird situation where the Cavaliers do not have a GM. They don't have anybody to make these deals. It's insane. In fact, they went from you know, they, they're never going to beat the Warriors the way they're constructed now. Every team in the league has been trying to improve, and they're doing some a lot, a lot of deals, and yet the Cavaliers are stuck on the outside, not making any of these things, getting blindsided by the Paul George thing, and they don't have a GM. So it's like, this is a mess. That, that, I wonder if not having a GM played part of, uh, of what this is going on, how Kyrie might have seen that. Because remember, if he's willing to go to the Spurs, he knows he's not going to get his numbers in the Spurs, right? So that tells you something even a little bit deeper about what he wants and what's not happening in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, or again, it's it's a case of seeing the writing on the wall and wanting to be in a good situation to win. And, and so we won't know until he actually comes out and comments on it, which he won't comment on the trade request. his agent has has not commented uh, and actually was asked and just said no comment which he could have denied so it means it's it's true I mean not that you can't trust uh, the the guys who are reporting this but uh, it, it feels like it's pretty true yeah. so yeah I mean I, I just I don't know it's it's a weird situation I really never would have thought this would happen and I I think if you're a Cavs fan or if you're you know with the Cavaliers and even if you're like LeBron James you probably wish that this would have come out. Before the draft, you know, as early as possible, definitely before free agency. So they could have tried to make this move. You know, if you are going to deal him, maybe they could have uh, been in the Chris Paul trade. You know. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you know, how about uh,
0: this? Yeah. How much do you, How much uh, do you think the, the Rockets would have taken Kyrie?
1: <laughs> you think
0: they would have taken him over over Chris Paul uh, over CP3? I don't think so.
1: No, I think they they would prefer CP3. CP3 is a better player. Now, he's older, but at the same time, I think they lack, like their roster construction. They were the third best team in the West last year. They felt like they were a couple pieces away from competing. I think they would rather have CP3, but I think I think Cleveland would rather have CP3 than, you know, whoever they're going to get for Kyrie. And and I think that, you know, people were really pissed at Kevin Durant for, for leaving, right, for leaving OKC and not trying to work out some kind of sign-and-trade so they could get something or whatever. Well, he was a free agent. So this— I think Kyrie waiting this long to request a trade. I think that's that's worse. It's definitely worse. You've you've really put them in a in a shitty position.
0: Well, the only question I have there is, it's like you know, it's when you're on a long road trip and all of a sudden you have to go to the bathroom and you say, well, why didn't you go before we left?" Well, I didn't have to go before we left. <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> maybe good. you know, Kyrie just it didn't strike him until now, you know, I guess. In theory, I mean, then again, I mean, we've seen it. There's been moments. I don't think it was this year though. I mean, there's that famous picture, right, of LeBron kind of looking down at Kyrie and yelling at him in the, on the on the uh, that wasn't this year, right? On the on the bench.
1: <sighs> you I can't know, remember. I just, I just remember. saw the picture I on see it Twitter every somewhere. Day. So, I mean, it could have been yesterday for all yeah, I know. Right. I mean.
0: So, so um, you know, uh, so it, I, it sounded like, you know, that was going OK. But again, it just speaks. It does speak interesting volumes. We need to look into this in between the lines here that uh, for whatever we want to say about Kyrie and wanting to leave. Where he wants to go in San Antonio, it just, it just is very interesting to me that that's not the issue here necessarily about, you know, um, wanting to go and be his own man. Like, although I guess that's, that is the quote we have. I don't know. It's, it's a strange thing. So what, what, what do we get there? You listed a lot of teams and a lot of different possibilities here. Um, so I, let's look at it from the Cavaliers' perspective. Who replaces Kyrie and gets him good enough to beat the, the uh, Warriors?
1: Well, I don't. I don't know that you're going to get good enough to beat the Warriors. I mean, unless they could trade him for Steph Curry, and even then, I think that the Warriors team with that Kyrie would still beat the Cavs. It would be fun to watch, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Bledsoe. I think Bledsoe could make them better just because he brings so much on defense and I like is. That. He's not. A, I mean, he's a he's a drop off from Kyrie because Kyrie offensively is a great player and Bledsoe is a good player. I mean, the the difference is like Kyrie is like a nine or a 10 on offense and Bledsoe is like a seven. But I think what you gain on defense with Bledsoe is is important. And not to mention, you know, he shoots the ball decently, uh, you know, as a spot up guy. So it, I don't know. I think that overall you could get a little bit better with Bledsoe, but then again, he's got his own injury concerns. So who knows? Um, Ideally, if you're sending Kyrie out, you're actually getting more, you know, more pieces coming back. So maybe you get like Bledsoe and like someone just said in the chat, maybe TJ Warren, um, which gives you another wing scorer, which is not a bad thing to have in this league. You know, it's a wing league. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Um, they're not in any rush to, to make a deal. Uh, the rookie extension deadline is still you know a ways away, so yeah. you, you might we might see some stuff happening, and and I'll be curious to see how this story develops over the next you know few days. It's funny that it dropped on a Friday, like politics, right? You know, it, it's going to die down over the weekend.
0: Well, I think that the, the the position that I wanted them to upgrade the most I felt like with the Cavs was the shooting guard position. I felt like. J.R. Smith is just not the guy at a championship level. I know they won one with him, but he is so up and down all over the place. His defense is really just is so bad, uh, especially against a team like the Warriors, that to me it felt like, you know, that's the position they would want to upgrade. So it's almost like, well, you know, like Booker is the guy they would uh, they would need, right, to, to upgrade there. But they, I don't
1: think Booker's an upgrade on J.R. Smith. I you mean, don't think
0: Booker's an upgrade on J.R. Smith?
1: No. Oh, I, mean, I think Booker...
0: you put him with uh, LeBron and he's all those threes that are open now and he can just sort of be – I would think he'd be, and, and he's he's a little bit better defensively, and not he's not better defensively, but he's better like positionally, and he's not doesn't fall asleep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I still like J.R. Smith. Uh, I think I think Smith is still a good player, uh, and I don't think Booker's there yet. I mean, I'm not saying Booker won't get there, but okay. Uh, well, all right. So either what, way, what? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think they needed to upgrade. They need help on the wing, for sure. But now they've got this whole new mess, right? Like, they've got to figure that out. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. They they already weren't having an amazing offseason, not having a GM, you know? Yeah. I mean, if only they had a guy who was pretty good at dealing with player egos and, and putting out fires and things like that in their front office. I mean, I mean, if only there was a guy out there that was available um, that maybe was in-house that they could have re-signed – to a contract extension to keep him there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like a huge mistake to lose David Griffin now, doesn't it?
0: Right. And he won Executive of the Year one of those years, didn't he?
1: Uh, Yes, he did.
0: Yeah, with with the Kevin Love when he got them. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if only. I mean, it it was, you know, all in an order to save a buck. And we've seen this before, right? I mean, it's all it was, right? Dan Gilbert just didn't want to pay him what he was worth, I think, right? Yeah. And then that became that weird... That weird Chauncey so, Phillips thing where, like, Phillips wanted more money even though he had never had a minute of experience in a front office, which is strange to me. But, um, you know, that was weird. But then again, maybe Chauncey Phillips didn't turn it down because of the money.
1: Well, and, you know, he's he's tight with Ty Lue, and he's friends with LeBron. So maybe he has some inside information that we don't. Uh, I, I will say this. The ESPN offered him more money to stay, and that was, that was a factor. Okay. But also – Dan Gilbert does not value front office guys. Right. He never has. I mean, again, we've talked about this. The next GM will be the fifth one they've had in the last 12 seasons or something like that. So,
0: yeah. And, and you can argue, look, it, it didn't matter. Um, you know, they, they, they were winning, they did well. So, um, uh, anyway, despite that. But again, I, I think we all know that it's, it's going to be almost impossible to try and turn any kind of deal with, uh, out of this without somebody who knows what they're doing um so what do we think so Bledsoe I think for sure would be a great fit for them might be the one the best thing they can do but it might not even be on the table um you know you're talking about Derek Rose who's now suddenly talking about going to Cleveland is that right
1: yeah I guess they had a meeting and they're gonna or they're gonna have another meeting and uh someone just said Derek Rose broke up another super team (laughs) um (laughs) now Derek Rose uh I, I you know could you could you replace Kyrie with Derrick Rose and have it be okay? I just don't think so. I don't think Derrick Rose shoots the ball well enough. He was like bottom 10 in the league on catch-and-shoot threes last year or something ridiculous. I'm just pulling this out of thin air. I saw it, and I can't remember if it was bottom 10 or like bottom 20. But he was bad in catch-and-shoot situations, whereas Kyrie's actually pretty good in catch-and-shoot. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, obviously, if you could get Derrick Rose at the minimum, that's that's actually a value contract. That's not bad. Uh, he's still an OK player. He's just not. I don't think he's a starter. Right. And to go from Kyrie to to Rose, I think is a huge downgrade. He can't. He can't play defense. Um, you know, he pounds the ball a little bit too much. And maybe playing with LeBron, he doesn't do that. But you know, it, we need to see it.
0: Can we uh, go to some questions maybe? Are there any questions that we see right now on Periscope? We can answer live, everybody who's out there, although a lot of people are out there watching this. So uh, I'm kind of curious what the thing is. You see anything, Dave, right now? It's out there. I got one right here.
1: Go ahead. Does this, uh, from George34marks, does this prove that Blatt couldn't run his system with the Cavs? Uh, Apparently Kyrie is a Kobe-style point guard.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, the irony of what that I had Kyrie. noticed was as soon as they fired him, they started to actually run more of David Blatt's offense. So, uh, no, I, I, that's the thing about LeBron that kind of runs me wrong, I think, is that I think he ends up calling all the, the uh, sets and the and the actions they're running, or a lot of them. So it's almost like it doesn't matter what the coach has anyway, uh, you know, independent of whatever. Only because we'd seen time and again the best stuff that they have that gets the best shots, they don't run. And uh, there doesn't seem to be an explanation for that other than, you know, in the spur of the moment, he's just calling plays.
1: Got a lot of people in the chat who are bringing up John Wall and the fact that he hasn't signed his extension. Um, John Wall for Kyrie doesn't work for the Wizards Uh, at all. John, Wait, Kyrie for the Wizards doesn't work? No, no. They need John Wall.
0: Okay. By the yeah. way, there's another point guard out there that hasn't signed his extension either.
1: Okay. So now, now this, uh, Russell Westbrook <laughs> would be very interesting, uh, to, right? to go to Cleveland. I, I don't, I don't know if that would work. I mean, I imagine it would work cause he's a great player and LeBron is a great player, but mm, I don't know. That would be pretty tricky, but man, that would be funny. Oh gosh. How would you like to be Paul George if Russell Westbrook gets traded for Kyrie Irving?
0: Uh, I don't think Paul George, hmm. I mean, he was traded, right? So it wasn't like he He had a choice of where he went. Um, but you know, I don't think he would mind. That would be kind of fun in a different way, I suppose. Right. You know, no, you don't think that would be as good. No,
1: he could, he could have a year where he gets to be what Westbrook was last year, you know, and try to average a triple double. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if you want to guarantee Paul George is, is gone by the trade deadline, um, then, then root for a Russell Westbrook-Kyrie trade. I, I don't see that happening. Huh. Uh, from so a money that, standpoint, it would be tricky, too.
0: But you think that Russ would would lure point, uh, Paul George to stay? Like, if Russ decided to stay, that would be a lure for him?
1: Um, no, but I think that they play the season out. If, if, Russ, if Russ re-signs, I think they play the season out and try to sign Paul George next summer. Okay. Um, but this is if Russ re-signs that extension. Man, look, I, I tweeted this earlier. The NBA offseason is so much more interesting than the NFL regular season. It's not even close. There's so much stuff to, like, wrap your head around. There's stuff happening every single day. Like, the the NBA has done such a great job of making it a 12-month league. I mean, you know, people now follow the front office stuff as closely as they follow the games. And in some cases, closer. There's a lot of people that just follow the front office and look at stats. They don't watch games. So, um yeah, well,
0: that's weird, but okay. It uh, is weird, <laughs> but
1: there's a lot of people like that.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense to some degree. But sometimes when you interact with some of those guys, so uh, any other questions we have, live that we can grab out here, out in the uh, Periscope sphere. I got a lot of people.
1: Twitter got a lot of people asking about specific teams. Like, you know, would Kyrie to the Nuggets work? Would Kyrie to to uh, Milwaukee work? I mean, you could make any of these deals work. You can pull in as many teams as you want. But as far as fit goes. You know where does Kyrie fit? I I mean, you know, could if you replaced Isaiah Thomas with Kyrie, I think Boston gets better. But that's not a trade that's going to happen. There, you know, I don't think Boston's going to give up assets for Kyrie, and I don't think that the Cavs are going to trade Kyrie to Boston, their direct competitor. So there's a lot of this stuff. Like Milwaukee, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think Milwaukee would want to give up their their length and versatility for Kyrie. And remember, Kyrie's got got some injury concerns in his history like his knees are not great so you know it's uh it's going to be interesting someone is going to act irrationally about this and it's either going to be the Cavs or it's going to be a team the team that trades for Kyrie and we're going to see it
0: well speaking of irrational certainly that can apply to anybody in the Cavaliers uh, organization Tony Rubino on Twitter just uh sent a tweet over to me that I saw you know there is another solution to solve this notion of Kyrie wanting to be the man, trade <laughs> LeBron. Yeah, you could trade LeBron. Well,
1: I think we have to talk about it because if you if you think you're going to lose LeBron, and let, you know what, let's just let's just be real here. All right, I think LeBron's leaving. I think he's leaving. How, how do you feel, Nick?
0: Um, you know, I, I could never have imagined it after the whole thing with the decision that he'd leave again after coming back. But I also never felt like he went back home necessarily. I think he went back to the place where he could control and get the Kevin Love deal ahead of time, which is he knew that was going to happen. And he wouldn't have gone back if, he did, if the Kevin Love thing wasn't happening. So I don't think it's a notion of like him staying at home in Cleveland, right? So, right. so yes, he's clearly a guy who's going to want to con- you know get into the best situation he can possibly can to get to the finals and win. So, um, you know, and it's clear, I think, for the rest of his career in Cleveland, the way it stays now, that that's not going to happen. So, yes, uh, I would say it's, it's, a, it's certainly a very distinct possibility that he right. leaves after this year.
1: It just feels that way. I have no source on it or anything like that. It just feels that way. So if you're at Cleveland yeah. and you're worried you're going to lose him next summer for nothing— Right? We just saw OKC and what they went through after losing KD, and we have talked extensively about how they can't afford to lose Russell Westbrook this summer for nothing. Um, I, I think you have to entertain the idea of moving him, especially if you're going to also – I mean, if your choice is between I can keep Kyrie for the rest of whatever, like the rest of his contract, re-sign him, uh, or try to move LeBron, and I know LeBron has a no-trade clause. So that's fine. Like, you work it out with LeBron. I'm sure that there's another team LeBron wouldn't hate to go to, um, you know, maybe in L.A. or or Houston or um, Miami or, you know, wherever. Uh, and remember, D. Wade is going to be working on a buyout with the Bulls. So there's that. Um, I, I just think that uh, you have to at least explore the possibility. I, I think that nothing should be off the table right now for the Cavs because – you run the risk of next summer not having Kyrie Irving or LeBron James if you just deal Kyrie.
0: Right. And, and, and again, if there was any player that would not fetch uh, anywhere near the value in a trade, it would probably be LeBron would be at the top of the pyramid. Even though he's at the end of his career now, um, it still feels like that's an issue um, that um, that like, like you'd never get it back. But then again, it's nothing or something. And they would probably still fetch. You know, they'll get a, They should be able to get a, a great young player a good rotational player who's a veteran, and then a pick, right? At least that, and probably another player, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, depending on how the cap stuff works out, but they'll make it work, and... Right. Yeah, they would get a good haul.
0: Yeah, and so it's like, you know, you could get yourself set up for the next 10 years, you know, and have Kyrie be part of that, and hell, Kevin Love, you can maybe package him again and just kind of reboot really quickly, um, you know, before Kevin Love loses his value, which is uh, certainly a concern as well, so... Um,
1: Whatever value he has left.
0: Has anything else popped up since we've been on here? Woj has been silent. It looks like Kyrie's been silent. We we haven't seen.
1: There's nothing new yet. So uh, we we will reserve the right to have another emergency pod if LeBron James asks for a trade. Yeah. Or you know Tristan Thompson? Do we do we do an emergency pod if Tristan Thompson asks for a trade? No. No. Okay. What about (laughs) Channing Frye? I like Channing, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, Channing, you know, James Jones. Although, did James Jones just sign? Is he now a coach or something? No. Uh,
1: yeah, so he's now in the front office in Phoenix.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, so he's going back to where he started. Right. Or maybe he didn't start there, but he played there, right? He, he, I think
1: he played there at some point. But he, you know, he was in Miami for a long time.
0: Right. If only Channing. we had
1: a way to look this stuff up, but, uh, oh, you know,
0: anyway, James Jones, a great guy. One of the smarter guys I've ever talked to, especially about shooting. So, uh, you know, uh, glad to see him doing well. Uh, we'll have to keep our, uh, our fingers in the tab, but like, let's get this podcast out quickly so we can beat everybody out on all of our hot takes of trading LeBron and, uh, and,
1: and, uh, whatnot. I don't think that any of these were hot takes at all. There was nothing hot takey, right? Nothing- including, including J.R. Smith being a better player than Devin Booker. Oh, right um, now, right now, right I, I, now. You know, we we might have to battle
0: about. It. I mean, I'm just not a fan of Jr. I just really don't. I just you know, from, from a consistency standpoint. Not that maybe Booker is not that consistent either, but Booker's I just feel just like high,
1: he's high volume. Who is Booker? Is
0: yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's you know he. Remember what I said about NBA players who look like they're like 16 when they get in the league, right. I, I can't judge him until they start looking about nineteen twenty. He's <laughs> finally getting there. You know, Austin Rivers is almost 21 looking, you know, maybe by right. now when he wears a hat. So, um, you know, so we're getting there with him. So we'll have to find out. This year will be a big yeah. make or break year for Booker for sure.
1: Yeah, and again, this is not me saying that Devin Booker is not going to be, you know, a top five shooting guard in the league at some point. I, I, I think I'm high on him. I just think that if, you're, if your goal is to win the title right now, I think J.R. Smith is a better player for you than Devin Booker is. Um, That's it. I don't know. So it's not a hot take at all.
0: Okay. I, 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 don't, but I don't agree with that either. I feel like the, the J.R. was one of the big culprits uh, for why the Cavs were doomed. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. But, uh, you know, and by the way, it's, it's specifically for the Warriors. Like if they played on other teams, maybe J.R. Smith doesn't, doesn't have those issues as much. But this is where we are. We have the Warriors to deal with uh, on the other side. So, uh, Dave, awesome emergency podcast. We should do this more often because certainly the amount of people here in the live chat was uh, uh, overwhelmingly large
1: yeah we had a lot of people in here today so yeah. uh i guess everybody who's watching uh if you're listening to the audio join us sunday night for the uh for the live show again yeah for the weekly podcast
0: and you know what maybe this is time to finally launch our daily uh radio show
1: yeah we'll have to talk about that
0: yeah let's do that like you know for an hour a day right around this time sounds perfect for me so all right we'll figure that out thanks for coming on dave thank you all for uh listening and watching and giving us your questions and don't forget, sports fans, at V-Ball Breakdown, we not a channel for a conversation. You
1: in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am.